Welcome to Gamer Grudge, the show where fighters battle it out and debate all things gaming. Introducing your dungeon master for the evening, the titan of tabletops, Mr. Joe Davis. Welcome, everyone, to the special core rulebook edition of Gamer Grudge. I have with me my loyal minions, Nikal. Cal, the human cheat code, Hello, and Nicole, who I don't have a nickname for because I'm terrible. She's the unfortunate. I am incredibly unprepared to this session. <laughs> uh, we have a very special guest with us today as well. Please join me in giving a round of applause and accolades and maybe a little bonus XP for Digital and Dice. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. Hey Good. there. It's us. And of <laughs> And of course, we have our timekeeper, the regular host of Gamer Grudge, the person behind the entire network, Mac, the Tampa Buck fan. Woo! Uh, hey, guys. Hey. As you can see, I am not a tabletop guy, so the Buck fan is on vacation. <laughs> so we're going to begin with uh, Cal giving us the rules. Do to you please. So, like all Gamer Grudges, it'll consist of four rounds where you'll get one question per round. Each round has usually a, one, a single point value where the point is awarded to the fighter with the best argument. The two fighters with the highest point totals at the end of the four rounds move on to the head-to-head -head PvP round. In the case of a tiebreaker, there is a tiebreaker round, and we usually have take cover or plot twist, but we might switch that up a little bit today and roll the dice in the tabletop edition. Woo! So we're going to have our players roll for initiative, I believe, to get, see who goes first. Oh, I'm sorry, Cal. What's up? Yeah. And just to go over how the rounds work is we have four phases to a round. The first phase is the introduction, where the fighters will briefly state their answer. In the second phase is the declaration round, where each fighter will get three minutes to argue their answer. The third phase is an all-out free-for-all grudge, where it consists of five to seven minutes of anyone talking where you can bolster your own argument or uh, destroy someone else's, your opponent's argument. And the final phase, phase four, is the cleanup round where the fact checkers will uh, judge the accuracy of your arguments. And then the judge will finally make his decision. And we'll go to the Twitter poll to see if the judge was right in that case or not. Excellent. So now, I believe, and Nicole, I'm sorry, you haven't had any time to chat because uh, <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Uh, you will be checking facts in social media, I believe? Yeah, I run the uh, YouTube chat to keep people entertained there, and I post the Twitter polls. Excellent. And where can they find those Twitter polls? Uh, you know what? I drop them in the YouTube chat, so that way you can just have a straight link to it. But they are also on um, our Twitter, which is at GGGameFixers. So there you Excellent. go. Woo! All right. Um, I believe we are ready for the first round of combat. So if our esteemed combatants would roll for initiative using the associated 20-sided die. All right, let's get this going. Your host, Mark, rolls an 8 because I can't roll over a 10 today. Insert Brian here, rolls 18. Justin rolls 15. Okay, well, I guess that's Brian. You get voiceover Brian first. All right, Brian, 
Brian, Justin, then Mark, I believe. Yep. Round one's question. What tabletop role-playing game setting would you want to live in? You know, for me personally, it'd be a new Galarian system uh, in Starfinder. Okay. Um, are we going straight into argument? Or? Not, not just yet. Justin. All flesh must be eaten. All right. And Mark. Both of those seem problematic. I'm going with the Eberron system for Dungeons and Dragons. Excellent. So, next we're going to have three minutes on the clock. We're going to start with Brian, who is going to spend three minutes to explain his choice. Then uh, Justin and Mark will also have three minutes individually to explain their choices. And then there will be five minutes afterwards for them to battle it out and convince me why the other two are not as good as their choice. I don't know if Brian's going to be able to talk for three minutes. He's a quiet guy. I'm, I'm shy, painfully shy. Keep it together. Keep it together. Yeah, he's the voiceover guy. <laughs> but I can see. Uh, Mac, do you have three minutes on the clock? I have three minutes, and also, um, if if you go over the three minutes, I have this lovely bell right here. Ooh, that's a nice, nice looking bell there. Don't get there. Yeah, I know. I know. I love it. Okay, let's go. Okay, so uh, the Galarian system is got all the wonderful hallmarks of the fantastic Pathfinder world, in addition to the fact that it has the best mix of both science fiction and fantasy. If you're talking about a place that you want to actually live in, we're talking about a place that has a higher standard of living than any other system of gameplay I've actually seen. You want to have cured all diseases? Well, there's huge roving crusaders that will cure you of plagues. They will protect you from orcs. And if you want to get down and dirty, you can go and fight whatever the hell you want to using combinations of destructive technology and mind-bending magic and psionics. Come on, there is not anything that would be much better than that. It's got fantastic mixes of races, both the classic fantasy races as well as really cool science fiction races where you see like the Vesk stomping around being these giant badass lizard men. You see hot green antenna ladies walking around <laughs> being able to just completely blow your mind. <laughs> but and that's funny because it's a psionic race. So so there you go. Ah, ah there we go. Um and really it's got this fantastic fusion uh where the ships can be anything that your imagination can force together between technology and magic. I, I find that there's no better argument on that. That's it? No? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. All right. Okay. So, sorry, I, sorry, I, sorry, I have it. You really wanted to ring the bell, we understand. I really wanted to ring this bell, sorry. Thank it. All right, Justin, you're next with uh, All Flesh Must Be Eaten. Go for it, man. All right, All Flesh Must Be Eaten. The world, dark, cold, foreboding, and now full of your, your dead friends and family who want to come and eat you, or even former co-workers. And yet, through it all, you now have the ultimate freedom, the ability to do anything and everything you wish. Be it decide to become a villain, you know, prey upon other survivors, or, or maybe help them and 
forge a, a new community, a new way forward. Now, that could just be me, but I personally don't see much of a problem with cannibalistic corpses walking around in the streets. I mean, honestly, <laughs> at this point in, in, our, in our modern day, it's not much different than it normally is. It's just they're not on their phones. They're, they're actively trying to eat you alive. Now, beyond this, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you really, really think about it, all you're going to do is worry about what they touch on your property. It's like, oh my, it, it, it touched the mailbox. I'm going to have to burn that and get a new one because it, it's slimy now. Or, or no, oh, no, no, it touched the car. Oh, it touched the car. Because we've all, we've all, been, we've all been desensitized to the horror that is zombies enough that I feel like it's, it's almost a vacation. It's saying you'll never have to go to work again. You simply have to go outside and clear your property of the Walking Dead occasionally. I think that... That is the case I'm making for this in particular. Huh. All right. And next we have Mark with Eberron. Right. So don't mind if I do. So shut the hell up. So we have most fantasy settings out there. I mean, we're talking classic Dungeons and Dragons here. We have the, the, the smattering of races. You know, there's, only, uh, there's a few out there. But then we have the wonderful inclusion of all of the high-powered magic running around. Now, there's a couple of things that make Eberron setting different than a lot of the other normal kind of D&D settings out there. And that's the inclusion of the abundance of airships. And I don't know about you, but I want to live in a world that has airships. I mean, bottom line, I mean, that, that's kind of like right there. That's a staple of any world that I want to live in. That, that has to be there. But then there's the, the promise of freedom when it comes to, like most D&D settings, people have the ability to become more, right? Your, your normal stable hand can grow up to be an awesome, amazing fighter. You're, you can learn the, the ways of wizardry and magic. You can fight amazing and powerful enemies. And you have the freedom to become what kind of villain or hero you want to be. And you're surrounded by such rich lore and interesting things that just that breathe wor life into this world. So the, I, the whole point about magic, the ability to become whatever you want to be, and goddamn airships, that, that really cements it for me. Oh, and Warforged, of course. No, nothing is complete without having awesome, magically powered robots that are given sentience that can be your best buddy. So tell me that's crap, really. All right. So the next step is you guys have five minutes to basically debate each other on why your choice is superior. So as soon as you're ready, wade into the melee. We have five yeah, minutes. That's crap. It's all, it's all zombies. You're both I mean, crap. Your airships are fine, and, and I appreciate them. But in the end, the best part about every day is just walking outside and popping a zombie in the face on your way to do whatever else you're doing. I'd like to point out that what you're saying, Justin, is mm -hmm. basically that you want to live in a all flesh must be eaten world because it's like it is right now, except you're legally able to shoot people. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. Really? Really. Because you get to shoot your friends and coworkers that have been turned into zombies was one of your major points. Well, no, I mean take out, shoot, maybe whatever. Cage, I mean, otherwise. Meanwhile, uh, both those post. things can easily be accomplished in the Starfinder uh, galaxy. There are planets full of undead, and you can take a spaceship into atmosphere you know, and just cruise it around is, wherever you want. The problem with want. space is, regardless of what kind of ship you're in, if it develops a little hole, 
suddenly you've got a ton of problems. I'd also like to point out. I'd like to point out that one of the planets in the system that you think is this amazing thing is literally a a an insane god egg. And I'm not going to say I want to live in a world with an insane god egg. Sorry, that's about the most metal thing that I can possibly think of. Sure. Okay. Well, it's a great. So zombies aren't great, but an insane god egg is. No, I'm saying it's a bad thing. Zombies are. You can walk. Past zombies, you can outwalk zombies. You don't even have to run past. You can't run a giant chock full of undead. Exactly. Yeah, you but there's can't. more I'm ways with, to I'm fight them. I'm agreeing with you on this one against him. However, zombies are superior. Okay. The other thing about that, so sure, there's undead, but those undead have spaceships too, and that's a problem. That's again, a rad your problem. Your flesh sack is not rated for space. That's true. That's great. Yeah. That's why I'm gonna. My be in a flesh badass sack spaceship. is fine outside. Okay, it's badass, meaning your reactor core is leaking and everything's going to be terrible because when you go into space, you're also dealing with the fact that things like Reavers and, I don't know, undead Reavers hold and on, hold on. flying reactor witches. Reactor cores, so yeah, you've got, you got radiation, you've got no hair, no teeth, your nails fall out, your skin starts to sallow, and then you start just falling apart. I'd that also sounds like, like you out. just became a zombie. No, no, that's your reactor problem. Also true. The other point about this is the reason why Eberron is better than the Starfinder setting in this case is in Starfinder, nobody you, still likes to, elves. you still have to get no, a goddamn nobody, day job. Nobody likes elves. Right, you still have to bake, make enough credits to afford a living space, otherwise you're out on the streets. And then it's basically like you're living in Detroit. Or and do you the zombie space apocalypse. Detroit? I don't think so. Zombie apocalypse. It's basically the zombie apocalypse. Space Detroit. Sure. Right. Zombie Except zombies. <laughs> yeah. Space Detroit. I think we can zombie all agree Detroit. the Starfinder campaign is basically just Space Detroit. Yeah. I yeah. disagree yeah. empirically. I mean, no, it's horrible. I, I mean, yours no. isn't much better. The only thing you've got going is airships. And, I mean, airships are realistically, amazing. Realistically, in the zombie apocalypse, in All Flesh Must Be Eaten, you could theoretically make an airship given enough time. I mean, okay, except that it'd be... I don't know. You can't because it's basically normal day with zombies. Right. There are zeppelins. A Zeppelin isn't the kind of airship you want, though. You, you want the awesome, magically powered. Better. You don't want a Zeppelin. You've got time. You've got time. You can make multiple. There are Zeppelins. so much better versions of dirigibles than a Zeppelin. I, I would also like say. to point out your magic system only goes up to level six. So, wait, 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 wait. You guys have levels, right? No. Yeah, leveling yeah. system to know where you are at. No. Yeah, no. it's it gives you a quantifiable no. measure no. of how much you are no. improving. You've got a, you've got you've got a weird chaos dice six. You've got you've got space in between your ears that's not full of things. <laughs> wow, that was well formulated. <laughs> yes, it was. But the was. point oh, is, also, A, you your got... system sucks, because All Flesh Must Be Eaten as a game system is not well balanced, and it's a beer and pretzel game. Sure, You don't come up with fun. a good story out of a it's beer and pretzel fun. game. And you can. And, yeah. and we totally we have, have proven you're a liar. Otherwise. Okay, the last time we played it, there was a single zombie in three hours of game. So tell me again how that's... No, that no, might no, have been no. The I'm problem. not saying no, no, no. Flesh must be That, that is bullshit, but with you could totally make a not, good story not the game of itself. and Pretzel. Or the Zombie Masters, ZM. Right. Might have been that problem. Instead. That is entirely that possible. Was a, yeah. But the yeah. idea of a... One minute, guys. One minute. A fully fleshed fantasy reality with all of the levels of powerful magics, the ability uh, to become massively powerful heroes. Until the spell blight happens, and suddenly the god of magic dies, and so does all nine tenths of the population. Pretty sure that was uh, Forgotten Realms. The like, ability no, yes. to find yourself a spikes to see, it, remove some doors, and See, Justin actually likes Eberron. He just thought I was talking about Forgotten Realms the whole time. So Did you just call okay. him Justin? Whatever. Yeah, that, you can't even get your co-host. I don't care, right. whatever. And You're over there. No. The thing, there's no big difference between 
Eberron and sure there is. No, no Drist. They're both inferior. Well, okay, to be fair, ah. no Drist is a no valid Drist argument. is a valid argument. But guess what? Someone's going to put it in Starfinder. Just mark my words. It will. It will be there. But you're still full of Edge Master. Uh, Edge Master Warforged. Dude, Warforged are amazing. Mad Max every day. Okay, we've zombies. already gotten over zombies. Mad I think Max the entire world has already gotten over zombies. Okay. Oh, I guess we've been dinged. All right, so Nicole, how are things? Well, the chat's actually pretty active. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about Eberron and lots of good stuff uh, going on. The let's see, where are we at here? Got a bunch of people talk about D and D, which is always great considering it is like the D and D episode, and people are fighting about why Eberron is actually the best. Ah, yeah. I'm actually okay with this. I, I'm not. <laughs> you have no emotional attachment to this. Get out. Um, so, um, this is an interesting round because I believe all three three settings had uh, had a pretty strong argument for various reasons why you would want to live in them. Um, for example, All Flesh Must Be Eaten is like the ultimate survivalist paradise. Um, and Eberron is like, if you want all, if you want to have your Shadowrun, but your D&D. So it's like the Reese's of role-playing games. Um, and Starfinder is like not copyright infringing Star Wars. So, you know, uh, yeah. them. which, you know, wasn't that great. Oh, man. Oh. I'm just saying setting-wise. Um, uh, one thing is, uh, you brought the mechanics of the argument into it, Mark, and you just can't, you just can't, this is about the setting. This isn't a crunch argument, it's a fluff argument. That's fair. Oh. I'll take that. My apologies. So, uh, that's a hit against you there. Um, and, uh, and, and shame on you for saying you can't make a long-term game out of it. That's what Witchcraft and Armageddon is for. Um, <laughs> so, um... I'm going to have to give it to Star or it's to Starfinder. Woo! Um, because you can just do a regular job and even if you're out on the street in Space Detroit of Absalom Station that's still a a damn sight better than the Mornlands or um uh you know Zombie Apocalypse Survival because yeah you can probably still get diseases cured and all that jazz. Uh Admittedly, it was also, kind of hard uh, to argue against Starfinder because I absolutely adore that system. But you know, but yeah. zombies. No, no, all they're all. I would. It's like I told Justin. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to not uh, judge positively for for All Flesh Must Be Eaten because I'm a massive Unisystem fan. <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, <laughs> Starfinder. Brian gets the first point. Woo! So now it's going to go to his head. Oh, good, it's all good right on my head. What did, uh, what did our poll say? All right, so the poll, actually, uh, I had to repost it, uh, but the poll said that Mark with Eberron won, uh, followed by Brighton, Brian with Starfinder. So. And favorite, y'all. What, what? Yeah, uh, and uh, Mark got four votes, so he got the bulk of the votes. Did I say all flesh must be eaten? I, I think I meant Shadowrun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you, YouTube. Uh, love you. So, as a as a side note, also I love that someone brought up uh, Edge Lords and and Warforge in practically the same sentence because yep. Lord of Light. It's such a great mental image, Edge Lord Warforged. I just I love it. Yeah. I All cannot right, remember so. my past. I am also a stone golem. <laughs> so we are going to move on to round two. Cal, I accidentally skipped over you when you had the question queued up and ready to go. All right, here we go. Question two. 
what tabletop RPG um, would you like to see made into a video game? Or board game. Or board game. Board yeah, game what or board I'm sorry, what board game would you like to see made into a video game? Yes. Yeah, I found it in on this one too. So I guess we're keep, we want to keep the same initiative? Uh, we can re-roll if you guys would like. Well, let's do this. Let's see if let's you can roll over 10. No! No! That's a three! 13. And a 15 again. Congrats. Yay. There you go. So, so we go first uh, Justin, then Brian, then Mark. <clears throat> Justin, what game did you choose? What you got? <laughs> oh, I feel bad about it. Uh, Ninja versus Ninja. Okay. Sorry, so one more time for the people in the back. Ninja versus Ninja. I don't even know what that is. It's Go. a really cheap, fast game designed yep. to basically... We'll go, we'll go over... Yeah. Justin. Me. Brian. Brian. <laughs> oh, so, That's so too. Um, For me, it was uh, uh, D&D Dragon Wing. Okay. And Mark. Uh, funny enough, you had it in your splash picture there, Mansions of Madness. Which edition? Uh, honestly, the basic release edition. You can add in whatever whatever uh, expansions you want. I like the Forbidden Alchemy expansion. DLC! <laughs> All right. Justin, you're first. Give us a little summation of uh, your board game and uh, what you would like to see from it as a video game. Please do. <laughs> Okay, so to be fair, and prefacing this, I did have another selection. However, I, I will stick with my, my folly here. So Ninja vs. Ninja is a fast, rapid, really simple way of getting people into board games. Now, this being said, uh, the whole idea is it's a small, small space, right? And I think it's like maybe ten spaces across, maybe four wide. It's kind of like chess except with little tiny ninjas. It's a great way to get people started. Um, so in today's modern age, with all of the larger screened devices, uh, I think it would work very well as a mobile game. I, I think it would be a perfect way to get people on the street involved in, in video games. Just random people you meet. Just run up to them, grab them by the lapels, shake them a bit, and then just sit there and be like, play this, play this, and then, and then kind of point them in the direction of your local friendly game store. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Everyone, everyone likes. Uh, no, that's not true. Cool story, um, bro. Uh, balaclavas are cool. Uh, uh, we have to wait that, uh, down until the next. Every, everyone enjoys. We're gonna stop you before the, you hurt yourself. Horror. No, wait. I gotta keep going. I, the, the bell hasn't dung. I knew what I was getting into. I'm digging this grave, this trench here. I'm just gonna keep going. This is tiniest little shovel. I'm just gonna keep going. So, I mean, after you grab that guy and you shook him, you, you just grab another one, you bring him over, and you just have them just just go at it with this, this mobile game. <laughs> just be like, look, see how fun this is. See how fun this is. Enjoy board games, damn it. And then you just, like, physically manhandle them over to a store and be like, you, suggest something better than what I've done. <laughs> Throw them through the doors. <laughs> and you just keep going. You find two more people. You grab them. You physically force them to play this game. And you just oh, take them to another oh, game ring, store. Ring the bell. Stop him. For, Stop him before for, he hurts this himself. Guy's what him. Think, Save baby. me. He did actually pass seconds. <laughs> Save him. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so you know, you, you've got this thing. It's simple. It's not bloody. You can even get, you know, people who are afraid of things into it, like like tiny ninjas or, you know, whatever you may be afraid of. I mean, say, somebody's got to have a phobia of tiny little ninjas. Ring that bell! <laughs> Ring it! Ring it! Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> It <laughs> was a Herculean uh, effort, sir. Good, 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 good uh, attempt. I'm out of coffee. <laughs> I enjoyed okay. the remainder of that. <laughs> you have three minutes with Dragon Wing. Okay, so Dragon Wing. What I'm seeing as a really fun thing to do is take sort of the model that we've got World of Tanks on, where you've got this large scenery where instead of trundling around on the ground, you get to have a vast array of different dragons going and slugging it out in the very skies. It could really work. There's a bevy of extra different dragons that you can pull out through uh, 3.5. God, they've almost got a billion and one dragon types. Um, and you could have it just like World of Tanks where you level up per faction. Did you so just... You yeah, no, I'm no, saying, no, you let him come. Yeah, no, go, go. Where you level up per faction, you know, you get your chromatics leveled up enough that you can play a gold drag. Or sorry, wow, oh, uh, you could get your metallics leveled up enough that you can play a gold dragon or chromatics to a red. It mm. could be a really great game. It wouldn't necessarily need a super in-depth thing. It could be a fairly casual game, but I think that it has a good potential to be a lot of fun. Straight up. They don't feel the enthusiasm. Mm. Well, that's you, okay, uh, because you we'll don't get, we'll like fantasy that. at we'll all. We'll get to that point. Yeah, you, uh, do you have any more of your description? Oh, gracious. Um, I'm failing on that. <laughs> uh, I got derailed. I got derailed hardcore. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I tried so hard and... Got so far, but in the end, it, it doesn't even, even matter. It doesn't even matter. R.I.P. Chester. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. Uh, sad panda. But still, it would be a fun game. You'd play it. You would. All right. So uh, that sounds like a period to the sentence. Um, and finally, Mark with Mansions of Madness. All right, buddy, let's hear it. Okay. So because the question is what board game you want to turn into a video game, Nothing spoke out to me like the idea of turning Mansions of Madness into a not a cooperative and semi-competitive turn-based DM'd video game. The idea, one of the things about Mansions of Madness is how long it takes to set up that board and to set up each and every scenario. And then once they do it and then they finish it, you have to spend almost 20 minutes setting up the next board. All of that's going to be automated. I want Mansions of Madness where you go in and player-created scenarios can be loaded in and one person will have control over the monsters or it can be automated depending on how you feel about it. If you have the extra player, why not? But the idea of having a competitive or cooperative or, you know, because Mansions of Madness is what it is, sometimes you'll have that hidden knowledge where one player randomly is chosen at the beginning to be that person who's going to turn on everyone halfway through. All of these mechanics can be easily turned into an interactive, even a third-person action-adventure style game. I'm talking like, think about like Alone in the Dark or say 
uh, murdered soul suspect, over the shoulder third person. People have to interact, work together to be able to solve a problem in this 3D environment where they're actively being attacked by another player, by an intelligent being out there who's throwing these things at them, and there's limited resources for them to do so. So it isn't going to be something that is going to be heavy-handed on one side. The game is going to kind of, you know, regulate itself and allow for everyone to have fun. Because that's what the essence of the board game is. And you want it to have the ability to bring in all the extra sound, the music, the graphics, everything that a AAA title could bring into it and really immerse you into it. Because if there's one thing that Mansions of the Madness doesn't do is really immerse you into it. And I want that to be what, what really does it. Yeah. I, I'd say, honestly, it can be done. And it already has been done to a little effect while people using, say, Tabletop Simulator. But I want something more. I want that immersive aspect. If you make it a VR game, 100% better. That way it's fully immersive, binaural audio. Everything is going to be like you're right there in this, this terrifying reality. And when a Shoggoth busts down that door and comes for your life, you are ready for it. Or, or not, depending on the player. So, uh, yeah, Mansions of Madness, I think, would make a positively amazing video game. Okay. So, uh, from here on, I believe you guys have a five-minute fight-it-out situation. So, uh, okay, uh, I'm going to point of order. Yeah, oh, it, I'm not... It I'm, does I'm, have a video game, but yeah. yeah um, so, so does yours. It's called Lair, and it failed terribly. That's because they didn't have it from the original IP. Uh, but uh, I'd like to point out also, I'm going to call uh, Mild Bull Squat on uh, Mark, because yeah, we actually right. did a podcast episode about how Mansions of Badness would make a fantastic video game. You damn straight. That's why I chose it. <sighs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to say... That, that we didn't think about this prior. Okay. Because, I mean, everyone everyone and their mother has thought about but a 3D its dragon core, I'm just not feeling that this this impactful thing you've got is as impactful as it could be because you're not physically running out and grabbing them. <laughs> I'm not assaulting make people this happen. on the street. Right? I mean, you've got to well, like, I mean, grab them, throw a bag over their head, chuck them in a van, bring them to a dark, kind of creepy basement. God, that like, ah, who's video to say game. you can't do that you with You can totally do that. Right, but it would almost uh, be prerequisite to make his game work. Okay, I'm going to put it out there. That I mean, assaulting people impactful. on the no, street no, 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 and yelling that they have to play it's chess with tiny ninjas by is a clothing. bad idea. You're just shaking them a little bit. It's like it's physically this. assaulting Play. people. That's, no, it, no that's, that's, it's good. It's good. It's Seattle. Okay, I mean, so, in Seattle, it just happens. So the idea of a 3D dragon flight simulator. By the way, I want to say, when you first started talking, I was like, yeah, you know, that actually sounds like a fun game. idea. And I think it would be really interesting. But unfortunately, again, they've already done it. There was, uh, let's see, there's, I was going to say, there, there's already a, a world of tanks and planes because it's already a game that you exists. You mean world of warplanes? Yeah, except that they're not dragons. All yeah, they have to do is throw planes. dragon skins on them and you're good, like how they're throwing Warhammer 40k tanks. I find this very disturbing. The other thing is they've already tried other dragon flight sims and they suck. Again, Lair, uh, what's the other one? Crimson uh, something or other. Crimson so, Wing, Dragon, Crimson Dragon Wing. Wing. Yeah. Like, there's a couple of VR they all a rail suck. Not a, But they're basically rail shooters. I mean, okay, you can't have a flight sim with a, with a, a biological Lair creature. was not a rail, a rail sim, and it sucked. I eh. mean, like, control-breaking suckage in that case. Mobile so games. Mobile games are how you right, make this I will happen. be even willing to, get to, to slide you that bone and say, go ahead and give it a shot, because I love the idea, and it hurts me to say that it sucks. But it sucks. No. So, yeah. 
and you love Mansions of Madness. I do. And I think most of our viewers out there I do. But also the, think the, the problem I have with Mansions of Madness. No, no, wait, wait, wait. The problem I have with your Mansions of Madness is the fact that this app that I can get right here does everything you want it to do for the physical board game. Except that it, no, no, I said it I don't want in the to sounds, just, it adds in the sounds, it adds in everything else, it helps control your game. It's an addition to it. It's basically a play aid, which is all you're basically doing. You're saying, look, okay, I'm going to turn it into the game itself. I want over-the-shoulder. I want customizable characters. Why do you want over-the-shoulder? Because we had a whole person. episode on over-the-shoulder. First person is fine. It's make not it as VR. immersive. Okay, so if you're going to make it VR, now you've got to give it... Like, everyone's going to have that weird sweat thing on their face. Doesn't matter. They're going to get More the breakout happening. Horror no, 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 in no. VR is great, and it does a wonderful thing. It doesn't, though. Not always. Not in this instance. It mentions the madness You it would. can't take the psychological horror of an H.P. Lovecraft-inspired thing and assume it will do well in VR... Because that is not how it works. You need the players around you to assist you in making that horror reality. And they would because it's but by, they wouldn't by nature because you'd all be separated. Game. So by dead by dawn. What's no. dead by what? Why do I not? Yeah, you're, you're talking about ew, having a player going through uh, dead. Oh, you dead by daylight. Dead by daylight. Of, there we go. Sort of, except I want it more psychological. I want the person who's against them to be in control of all no, of the monsters. Oh, you're thinking so about what is you're evolve. saying is Friday the 13th. No, no, Evolve. No. He's talking basically about Evolve. One person's a monster, the rest of everybody's trying to more, down Closer to Evolve, but right. I want them to have evolve more control over the world itself. Evolve didn't work because people don't cooperate. Okay, unfortunately, human nature aside, and aside from physically assaulting them on the street no, 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 with no, no, tiny no. ninjas, even, no, no, or making even, games that already have started It's not even human nature, failed. it's just game One minute, game. guys. We don't cooperate enough to make it happen. Look at every would, single no match of win. Call of Duty Zombies that we've ever played as okay. a group. No one Brian gets left behind because he doesn't make the fight. We go back time. for him. We leave him behind a second time. Please mention the because he doesn't get left behind it. again exactly. because he'll be looking at the. Because I'm going to open up him. the freezer and and we world. won't help. Aqua will end the world every time because Brian can't get right. his goddamn because hands off. Because we're not going to help him, and we're not going to help him because it's just not what gamers do these days. Now it's going to not cooperate. Where I'm going to purposely sabotage. UFO is a thing in every it. video game that exists Dead currently, and nobody does it. Dead That's why it's a meme. It does require cooperation, <clears throat> and it works. Barely. Game, it totally barely. works. Barely. Barely. So, no, so no, you're no, decrying no. me because there's already a game that sort of handles it already, but you're already saying your argument is that you, there's a game that already handles it pretty good. No, no, no. If anything, Neverwinter Nights is closer no, to oh, my no, 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 I'll get to you in a minute. No, no, no. Gentlemen. We're good. Okay. Okay. Before we get to the judging, Nicole, what's going on in the chat and such? I'm judging me. Hi, chat. <laughs> you know, uh, honestly, our chat is really liking this question. Uh, a lot of great games came up, like Eldritch Horror, uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill, you know, Munchkin. A whole bunch of people were coming up with a lot of really good stuff. And, uh, yeah, so far I think uh, it's been really, really active, which is great. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Joe, it. if you don't mind, can I – Throw one in the hat that I um, want to say. Go ahead. Um, I, I will. I know I'm not a gamer, but I would like to see a game of 15 Dead and Drive. I think that would be an amazing video game. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like uh, uh oh crap, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, Clue. Yeah, yeah. Or Dead Snow. Killing people. That's all. And, yeah. All right. Um, so. Wait, wait, Joe. Before we go, before I got fact checking for you. Yes. Sorry. 
So there, since this was a pitch game, there wasn't much fact checking. The one fact thing, the one fact I had to check was that um, Justin said everyone loves balaclavas, and that is true. Everyone loves balaclavas. <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair. I know. So please, I do. please please let that weigh in. If I had one with an arm's reach, I would wear it with my hood. Um, okay. All right. So this question was very open ended. Is like, what board game would you like to see made into a video game? And I was given three very very different kinds of video games slash board games. Um, there was no restriction, like it didn't have to faithfully represent the original creation of the board game. Um, and there were lots of good points all around on why this would be good. Uh, Justin brought up that it would be a really good introductory game, getting people <laughs> into Physically uh, assaulting people. Um, and, uh, and, and yes, it, at the end of the day, Justin and Brian both brought up that theirs would be more like faithful representations with the better graphics and some more options and features. Um, and Mark brought up a slightly confusing Resident Evil clone with board game elements. Oh! <laughs> yeah! Um, but I, I kind of get what he's going for. Uh, but at the after all the arguments, I'm going to point out the only the only person that didn't have anything legitimately tear down his game was Justin. The only argument they had against Justin was he would be physically assaulting people <laughs> on the street, and that has nothing to do with his game. Absolutely nothing. I like to, so, I'd like to point out if it, if it matters, he also didn't say what his game would be. He just described the board game and then said he would hit people no, and no, play, make them play it. On mobile. You said That's a lot of players, and I'm so confused. Yes. Obfuscation. And just, <laughs> just, and just from the description, I'm really scared that Brian's is going to have so much paid DLC that I'm never going to want to play it. <laughs> to be fair, it probably will. It's Wizards of the Coast. So, um, Guaranteed. <laughs> so Justin is going to get the point for round two. Yes. Uh, because uh, because not necessarily because he had the superior uh, option, but because he had the superior obs obfuscation. Okay. Sleight of hand. Well played, sir. His bluff check passed. <laughs> Charisma stat. If you got it high enough, you don't need uh, as a As a side note, I would love to see a Mansions of Madness using like XCOM's engine. I could see that. Oh, I could see that being so making me angry all the time because you know the RNG is just going to be an absolute terrible, not going to curse like this. Yes. <laughs> if anyone out there, by the way, has ever played or know about, was it Nuclear Throne, the RTS slash uh, F FPS game where one person is con in control over the board itself and the other players are all actually playing the units. Mm. If I had thought about it, that would be the idea that I was throwing in is that all the players would be the FPS people and the actual person over control of the board would be the kind of the GM style. And see, I also, that's why I was hoping you'd argue for second edition Mansion of the Madness where the GM is supposed to be hard boiled into an app for the game. So there right. is no player GM. It's just a cooperative game at that point. But that's, that was, that was yesterday's argument. Uh, Nicole, how did the poll do? You know, the poll actually agreed with you this time. 57% uh, uh, voted that Justin and his ninja versus ninja had the best argument. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it really was the best argument as much as it was all of us cracking up at it. It was. Uh, it was definitely the uh, the argument that had the least um, mechanical 
detractors. <laughs> That's right, everyone. We'd rather be assaulted than have to deal with DLC. Yeah, but it's me doing it. So you get, to see, you get to see this face very excitedly running up to you. Play this! Play the this! The most lawsuits, the less mechanics. Uh, it, it, aren't, you know, honestly, the commercials make themselves. Guerrilla <laughs> <laughs> marketing. So, so are you glad I didn't ring the bell when you tell me, ring the bell? I was like, okay. <laughs> Help me out of this. All right, so, Cal, what is our round three? Question number three is, what is the best party game for new players? And, gentlemen, if you could roll initiative, please. Give me that. You can't even land it on the table. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and that's our one. That's the one. That's the one we get. Uh, oh, look, a 14. I got a six, by the way. Oh, flashing 20. You get the crit. All right, so we're going to start with Justin. What game did you choose? Okay, so for for new gamers, I, I chose Exploding Kittens. Excellent. Brian? I chose uh, Joking Hazard because it's a great visual way to get people uh, playing the game. And Mark? I'm going with Cards Against Humanity, Joe. Excellent. Easy mode. Uh, Justin, if you would like to give your, your three minutes ex explanation. Sure. Okay, so what you don't have in, in Exploding Kittens is a lot of complication. I mean, you've got a few cards that you're going to lay out. Everybody gets a hand of cards, and everybody plays to make the kittens not explode. So distractions, various other things. It's simple mechanics. It's simple gameplay. It's fun. It's funny. And these things are important when you're bringing in new players. Not a lot for them to get hung up on. Easy to roll through everything that they might, you know, be a little confused on with the laughter that's going to ensue based off of what everyone is looking at with the cards, based off of how the game is flowing. Super simple. I mean, the illustrations on the cards themselves basically do half your work in entertaining everybody. Everybody has a great time. I think it's up to six players, right? Mm. Somewhere around there? Yeah, I don't know. It's your game. Yeah, it's okay. So six people at a time. Perfect. There's expansions. There's the not safe for work edition, which, you know, obviously can throw in a little bit more fun for everybody. And it's not as offensive as some other games I heard mentioned if you've got a more sensitive crowd. So it's kind of all inclusive. However, it's just insensitive enough that you get, <laughs> you get your, you know, edgy people to be you know, pulled in a little more. It's a great way to, to introduce everybody to the concept of a party game or a card game that is kind of regular in, in play. Hmm. Not quite deck building, but you know, it's there. It's good. All right. So are we moving on to Brian with Joking Hazard now? Yes, yes. Uh, going off of another uh, webcomic uh, uh, artist's uh, kickstarted game, uh, Joking Hazard is a fantastic game where uh, you help complete uh, essentially a comedic webcomic strip. Um, and I find that it is a fantastic game because it allows you to get new players in and really establish a, a comfort level with them because you suddenly are throwing down these terribly inappropriate jokes and usually the shock factor get builds up better and better until you are just absolutely scandalizing each other in the, in the most positive of environments. Uh, it's a great game for parties because it is actually a very quick-paced 
uh, casual game where you could just sit around. You can have anywhere from three to six players sitting around throwing down these cards. It's very, very simple. And, you know, I find it ridiculously enjoyable. And, yeah, you get to find out how terrible of a person you just sat down to uh, play games with. It's great to assess your uh, friends and neighbors, as well as to uh, give some uh, shocking clarity as to your own character. Hmm. Okay, so I believe that just leaves uh, Sans or Sub-10 Mark with uh, Cards Against Humanity. All right, I'll take what I get. So, uh, if you don't want to lock down your group game of finding out who the most terrible person is to just one particular art style, there is Cards Against Humanity. What makes Cards Against Humanity such a great game for beginners is the fact that, well... It's a bit more theater of the mind, albeit I will be the first to say that, sure, the visual gimmicks that are involved in Joking Hazard are, I'd say, you know, they're, they're kind of easy to recognize, but there is a limitation, and of course, Cards Against Humanity is all about words. You can't get much more simple than the classic apples-to-apples style of game that Cards Against Humanity is. Anyone can get into it, everyone can imagine what's being done on the cards, and it's only... I mean, okay, I was going to say it's only about as dirty as you let it be, but no, the game is filthy. And it is a game that is going to really let you know who amongst your friends is the worst human being that has ever lived. And sometimes that will surprise you. So I would say another aspect that makes it great is the absolute wealth of cards available. Not only is there just a massive amount of cards and spin-offs for this game, cards against IT, cards against furries, I mean literally cards against anything. Crabs adjust humidity is another good one. And all of them just add more and more and more to it, which means that not only is it going to be a game that's good for your initial player, but that means that the players who've been playing for months or years are still getting fresh material and will want to play the game with you. It's a game that anyone can even add cards to. It's easily personalized. People can add their own sentences, their own in-game or group in-jokes too. It makes it super simple, and anybody can play it. You can even do it with just a handful of card stock laying around. I believe you can still download and print out the game for free, which is not something you're really able to do with almost any other game out there. So if you want to give them your money, sure. If you just want a game that will introduce someone to, the, to how it's played, print it out and play it. Anytime, anywhere. Not an issue. Okay. I believe that's enough for everyone's introductions. And if you guys don't have anything else, we're going to move on to the, the, uh, the melee. Just get to it. you got five minutes. Terry, okay, so when was the last time you actually played Card Against Humanity? Uh, two nights ago. Okay, but how often prior to that? Is it like once a week thing, once a month thing? Do you break every it out single once every party six we months? Have yeah, almost every single party we have. We to be fair, now, every time we have over four people over at the house, we play Joking Hazard. How many of these people do you know already? A decent amount of them. Okay, so you're bringing in new people as well? Um, Sometimes, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, dude, I had my mom play, and it was hilarious. Your See, mom is also an absolute savage. But so we yeah, all know that. us, and we all know that we're okay with so much that many people aren't. This is not the introductory game for many people. Now, if you're, in, if you're introducing a friend into a friend group, 
Cards Against Humanity is one of the quickest and easiest ways to get to know them. And again, the side and thing figure is figure out who you're never going to speak to. I'm again. just sure. going to say this, yeah, by it. the way. Um, I love all three of these games and think all three of these games are, in fact, fantastic I like for getting into it. R2. Right. I do not like Cards Against Humanity because I play it maybe once and then have no compulsion to play it again. That's because you are fuddy-duddy. And my no, problem, no, no. of course, with the other two is that uh, Exploding Kittens really doesn't do enough for me. The, the mechanics aren't interesting enough for me to continue no, playing or want to introduce anybody to. They're overly simple, and the game is the same every it's single time. It's designed to be overly simple. It's designed it's to be a game to pull game. people into other games. If anything, your game is basically just visual cards against humanity with a much smaller base of cards that you're allowed to use. I mean, I like cyanide and happiness, but there's only so many times I can see the same images before they're not shocking anymore. Whereas the Cards Against Humanity game, you just print out more cards that some jack and ape on the internet decided was going to be a good idea. Yeah, you to basically put on paper, make your own and game. And now it's ridiculous again. So make your own game is, is your, your no, real No, it's an existing here. game. The mechanics sure, are simple. But what you're easy. saying is They're, print it off. Apples for Go adults. ahead and you get cardstock get and simple. do it yourself. You got to you know create these things on you don't your have own. To. You can. Right. The fact that that makes it a, a, accessible to new players. People can get into uh, Cards Against Humanity for effectively free. How much was your game? About 15 bucks. Okay, so there's 15. Started. How much was yours? It's 20, but it's it okay. available free. in stores. I was about to say it was like free say, to him. Free. Yeah, well, the, uh, if you're looking for something that's accessible to new players, free is a really good way to go. And then sure. again, the simplistic rules. If anything... Uh, Cyanide and Happiness with Joking Hazard, there are some confusing aspects of it, too, with the red cards. We had to look at the rule three times to figure out how to use those That's the first time. It's the exact time. same physics of the of the multi-card challenge of... Uh, no, they're not, because yes, it's it fill in the blanks with Cards Against Humanity. With that one, it's, is this the first card or the third card? And do people play the first two before it or the, the, the two after it? It got confusing. Again, we had to refer to the rules to that game because it didn't play like Cards Against Humanity, which was blank and blank. Put down two goddamn cards. Really simplistic. Yeah, but it's always for shock value. It's never going to be something that's actually funny, at least not with our group. It's going to be who created the most shocking or offensive thing, which means for new people... And sometimes that's hilarious. Oh, yeah, for the first five or six minutes. And then you end up just going... But then the idea there comes with the, you bring in the new cards, you bring uh -huh. in the new instrument, and then people have the ability to throw down cards, and you play and off say, the other okay, people. And say, okay, great, now I well, get to be offended. At the party Saturday, I absolutely fell asleep playing Cards Against Humanity, so there is that. And I didn't uh, fall asleep last time I played Joking Hazard. Yeah, well, the amount of coffee you had in your system, notwithstanding... But the idea behind, again, Exploding Kittens, uh, there's not enough of a sample size. The game it is doesn't too matter. small. Every expansion for Cards Against Humanity you're going to buy is between 10 and 15 bucks. Or free you're when going you download to be making, them. Yeah, free when you download them. But unfortunately, a lot of people go out and buy the bigger, blacker box. Sure. Ooh. And, that's, and, and then they buy a whole ton You can spend almost as much money on Cards Against Humanity as you can on World of Tanks. One minute and counting. You can spend more than that. In fact, you could spend more than a and copy of nothing, Descent. There's and nothing wrong with putting money to a company who will dig a, dig a hole in the earth for no reason other than to oh, do congratulations. it. Congratulations. Okay, I, I will grant them that they will, send, they will send crazy people giant tubs of lube because they're yeah, crazy. There's a, the company behind them is amazing, but the game is still great for what it is. And it's not great enough to play more than once every six months. Maybe. It's, it's, as for an introductory game, still fantastic. I don't think so. 
It doesn't translate well into other things. Also, less uh, also it both Joking Hazard and Cards Against Humanity are a lot less competitive than Untrue. Kittens. There is a judge for each. One person has to determine who wins. Everyone is going to vie for that person. But it's a double blind for every. Yeah, it you can't. Matter. You can't know whose card it is, and that's the whole point of it. You can't but go you after. You can an individual. if you play it more than once with the same group of people. You can almost guarantee that Just you have you a play really with your family. good. No, I okay. don't. All right. So I heard something. Anyway, um, before we uh, move on, Nicole and Cal, do y'all have anything for us? Yeah, I have a few fact check things. Um, first of all, just for just regular facts, uh, Cards Against Humanity and Exploding Kittens both started as uh, Kickstarter things. Um, and Cards Against Humanity was created by a group of Highland Park High School alumni, that, a game that they wanted to play on New Year's Eve. Um, Exploding Kittens uh, was the third biggest Kickstarter campaign of all time, raising $8.8 .8 million. Um, and for the, the cool thing about the Joking Hazard one is that it was started by two cartoonists, and they started the project in 2004, but actually didn't meet each other until the 2007 Comic-Con, hmm. uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So that's pretty interesting that they did this project without even meeting each other. Um, the one fact that I did hear, I think it was Justin said it, that people go out and buy expansions such as the Bigger Blacker Box. The Bigger Blacker Box is not an expansion. It's just a storage case. So. It does, however, come with cards. But it, it does have one card in it. Yes, it does have that one card hidden. No, it's got more. It's just it's got one oh. hidden and, a, and like five or ten others. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Speaking as a normal normal person to just play games, um, I would have picked Uno, but, you know. He's <laughs> saying we're not normal now? Not He's so just saying he is not diverse enough to have played actual tabletop games. It's yeah, okay. Come yeah. party with us. We'll make you abnormal. Oh, thank you. I love to be abnormal. You can okay. play Cards Humanity on Tabletop Simulator, and it's just as good. And uh, flip the table still. Nicole, what uh, you got? You know, the chat's been pretty active with this one, too. Uh, a lot of people saying, you know, what their favorite party game is. Cards Against Humanity seems to be, like, universally one of those things where people are like, this is how I gauge whether or not people suck in my life and whether or not I want to still be friends with them. Uh, and that seems to be, like, the universal consensus with Cards Against Humanity. Not a great one, one more thing about Cards Against Humanity. Do you guys remember playing it in Philly, uh, Joe? And yep. the the best moment was when Brian got the card a uh, fat bald guy on the internet. We <laughs> 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 took a picture of him holding it, that card up because that was hilarious. We'll tweet it after this episode. Not, not, not this not this Brian the our Brian the other Brian. Yeah, yeah. I, I I got I've got hair for now. Uh, also, before you go for Judge Joe, um, I just want to reply something that was in the chat. Um, that was on Twitter. Um, Tom Zimbino um, said, not watching, um, <clears throat> but um, I wanted to send my love um, for a joking hazard and try. Um, Exploding Kitten sucks through, sucks though, hard. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that. None love of Tom. these games are for everybody. <laughs> so, you, you brought up, like, what is the best, the question is, uh, what is the best uh, party game for new players? And all three of these sound like good party games for new players. Um, but there is, there is a, 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 like a little asterisk there is, I didn't specify what kind of player, so it would have to be as many as possible. And while Cards Against Humanity is a relatively fun game to play with new players, I'm not going to play it with my 10-year-old niece. Um, Why not? <laughs> It'd be hilarious. 
And because I want well, to be able to spend time with my 10 year old niece, so and very her, her parents would not allow me to after playing cards against humanity with her. Uh, um, so, uh, unfortunately, um, that is, that is, that is out. Uh, sorry. I enjoy the game myself from time to time. Uh, and I am one of the people that bought the poop. So, um, <laughs> um I see how it is. I can go on, go on. <laughs> Um, so, of these other two, we have Joking Hazard, which is based off of the comic Cyanide and Happiness, and Exploding Kittens. These are all popular games. You can find them at your Target, or your Barnes & Noble, or online in various locations. Uh, even Cards Against Humanity is at Target now. Um, but, um... Mm. That's a thinking. This is what's challenging, is I... I'm going to go with Exploding Kittens because the title is deceiving. It is not nearly as terrible as it sounds. It's still pretty bad, but it's not cyanide and happiness bad, um, which is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. put in that depression expansion in Exploding Kittens. Only in the not for safe for work. Right. Uh, which is a, another point in there is it was brought up that there is a not very, not safe for work expansion. So if you want to make it darker, the uh, exploding kittens after dark, you have the option to make it exploding kittens after dark. So Justin gets the point. I, I just don't know why you wouldn't play it after dark. It's that's the only good version. Because some people want to include more people than just the people they already know in things. Yeah, people are overrated. I, I like scandalizing that. strangers. I know. So. With that, we're moving on to round four. Oh, uh, Nicole, how, how did the poll go? You know what? The poll was universally even, so that was kind of ironic that you were having some trouble guessing as to whether or not which one you were going to pick. Uh, but yeah, we everybody got equal votes. Huh. They, uh, it, go it, Team Venture. They're all fantastic games. <laughs> there we go. There's only two of them. Never mind. Anywho. <laughs> so uh, we're going to move on to the final round of our standard combat rounds. Uh, round four. Cal? Uh, what video game would you like to see turned into a board game or tabletop RPG? Mm. So we're going to roll initiative for this one. Let's see if Brian can break the streak. Oh, he got a six. Uh. Right, Mark? With a six. Four. Ah! It's okay. Oh, well. 17. There you go. All right, go so on. we have Justin, Mark, and then Brian. Justin, start us off. Destiny. Uh, is it a role-playing game or board game? Role-playing game. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Mark. Uh, I'm going with Fallout, Joe. Fallout. Excellent. I want it to be... A role-playing game. All right. And Brian? Give me Mass Effect RPG. I Excellent. want it. Excellent. Uh, Justin, lead us off with your three-minute introduction. Okay. So Destiny, Destiny 1 and 2 at this point, has a massive lore base. I mean, obviously, it takes place on Earth. If you can find it. That's true. The lore is difficult <laughs> to find. But once you do find it, it's engaging. There's a lot of story there, a lot of backstory for why all the classes exist. There's already classes set up in the game. There's a universal set of enemies for everybody to cooperatively play with. 
for example, you know, you were talking earlier in one of your selections about, you know, cooperativism. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, destiny is a common goal. Save the earth from all of these things. That's right. I made up a word. Um, you have the benefit of already having an established idea of what the universe is going to be. So new players, new players to role-playing games might have more of an inclination to enter this, kind of similar to World of Warcraft and its RPG. You've got that draw. It's already got a fan base. Uh, you have available character art uh, anywhere, basically, based off of that same fandom. You've got the ability to engage with the world because it is our world simply in the future. Um, the idea of being a hero is present and, and more than handleable with your ghost. Your ghost as a companion, it can be you know, modified in some way to be an interesting mechanic. I see a lot of opportunities there to do many things. Um, you have the ability to expand out into the solar system. You've got with Destiny 2, the, the Leviathan ship thing that shows up you know, as, as expansions, basically, unlimited in nature. Uh, Trials of Osiris, you've got you know, a lot of things there that, that just make for what seems like it could be a very expansive RPG you know, universe. Um, you already have your three choices. Warlocks, you know, Titans, mm. Hunters, mm. I guess. <laughs> Mainly Titans. Titans are the way to go. <laughs> Mostly Titans. 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 As long but, as it's not warlocks. Just I mean, don't be a warlock. You do have that familiar familiarity as well from other RPGs and systems and settings of, you know, you've got your magic users with your warlocks, you've got your warrior class with your titans, and you've got your ranger thing-esque <laughs> rogue with your hunters, you know, and your, your magic guns. So, I mean, it, it also has the ability to include people who maybe don't want a high fantasy setting or don't want a, a steampunk or diesel punk setting. It, it's got kind of the slight feel of the, the wow, well, mm. I haven't played it, Starfinder, Starfinder mm. to it a little bit. And it's also got the, the more gritty feel of a post-apocalyptic world in some aspects. So I think it's it's really a good combination of many things. It definitely has a lot of expandable space, and it definitely has a lot of backstory that could easily be written into one or two core rule books. Hmm. Ta-da! That's me. <laughs> All right. Next is Mark with Fallout, the RPG. Okay. So I'd say post-apocalyptic role-playing is something that you know, is, is widely accepted as being something that people want to do. We've seen post-apocalyptic settings be created throughout the years, but I, I think the Fallout system would be something that would work really well in a tabletop RPG. It's almost drag and drop. The stats are already something that exists. You have the VAT system. You have your special as your stats. A lot of this is pretty much a one-to-one -one ratio from the idea of how it exists as a video game and how it could exist as an RPG. But there's things that have been introduced into Fallout that would make it unique amongst other RPGs, and I think there is so much to do with not only the vast amount of lore that exists in uh, in the Fallout world, um, but collecting cups and uh, other things that Brian is doing to be an asshole here. Um, the idea of actually having a crafting system that would allow the players to build up a stronghold or a base, uh, to take one example from Fallout 4, but 
there are variable character races available, whether you're a mutant, whether you're a ghoul, whether you're just a basic person. You can do and interact with all of these different things. You also have equipment laying, going everywhere from basic crappy little pea shooters to giant laser guns that the players could craft themselves and make and do. And it and then power armor, you know, for F's sake, it's armor. it's power armor is a great. Shut up. Uh, the power the, the power armor <laughs> uh, is something that I know every player would want to get their hands on. It's something that could easily be scaled from a level one to twenty or however you wanted it, whether it's a skill base. Excuse me, skill based system or Did whether you it was. Just have a toast I, I think I just had a <laughs> yeah. I, I smell toast. Um, but. Uh, just as a tabletop role-playing game, I think there's a lot of promise that is there in Fallout. The amount of monsters that exist, the amount of stuff that's happening, and you can place it anywhere. As a role-playing game, you want to place it in a in a bombed-out version of your own city? By all means, just mess it up a little bit, and there'll be easy transfer rules to say, oh, here are the major landmarks, now here's ways to mess them up. It, it, an easy one-source-book game with, like, almost infinite customization because it's post-apocalyptic and you can do Mad Max with it. You can do basic fallout. Uh, sky's the limit really. So definitely fallout. I think would make an amazing tabletop RPG. All right. I I can't necessarily that leaves us with uh, Brian with Mass Effect. Uh, though you totally missed one of the best things. I'll get to that. Um, so Mass Effect uh, once again, we are talking about it, as an RPG. Uh, you have a lore-rich, uh, expansive universe to play in, where you've got already great hallmarks for classes—not just three classes, mind you, but a wide variety of classes. Fantastic, dynamic races, each of which having ridiculous amounts of lore that are. Um, enjoyable as well as very clearly separate from each other. Um, you have enemies of all varying lengths and sizes uh, going from having to deal with a gang of blood pack gangsters to fighting off the fucking terrible Reavers. Sorry, Reavers. Um... It is as just a fantastic thing. Also, I want more Mass Effect. I need more Mass Effect. They gave me just this teaser of a game, and then they cut me off. I've been cut off, and I need more Mass Effect. You, you don't understand. It, it has to happen. Um, that aside, um, it... Just as would be a fantastic fucking game. Sorry, uh, a, a fantastic game. Uh, you uh, he really likes you Mass got Effect. Problems, I, I really want like. to play some more Mass Effect. And if they're not going to give me more Mass Effect stories, by gosh, you'll have I to write them, them yourself. Make, make it so I can make my own Mass Effect stories. It's called fan. It's called fan fiction. Well, hey. yeah, but <laughs> and we'd but read it. D and D is we better with fan fiction. Um, yeah. Uh, you got more? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, you, I'm, you still got a minute. I, I, I crescendoed it. early. I'm sorry. I heard it happen to all peak. guys. He wouldn't use Climb. it effectively. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you got five minutes to duke it out over yours. Go. All right. You're all wrong. First off, 
they already made a tabletop RPG for both of yours, and it's called Starfinder. No, no, no. You no, no. already argued this point that Starfinder could basically run both of your games just as easily without having to come and up with a system. They already made an effective board game of yours. I did, I, tabletop it has role play. Excellent minis. It's great. It's no, no, perfect. I didn't say a board game. I, know, I said I, a I tabletop role play. But game. I think the board game already tackles everything you need to. Yeah. Uh, um, well, see, the EA does not have a good nothing, track record with the games they turned into no, RPGs. And, and the honestly, Dragon Age RPG sucked. Mass Effect would be possibly one of the worst choices in this. Because, yes, there might be stakes, and sure, there's... Oh, God, there'd be romance uh, mechanics. Yeah, I know. Brown, uh, so, I mean, my, my want of playing a Quarian is completely turned off by the fact that they would be romance mechanics. you want to argue mechanics. mine and I'll argue yours? <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted Fallout, didn't you? I like them all, yeah. except Mass Effect. Uh, so I like ours, yeah, but I, not Mass Effect. Destiny, I think, w- is actually a pretty decent idea. Destiny already has a ton of stuff for it. I mean, it's got, it's but got it's, the world again, set up. It's just as easily else. could be a setting in Starfinder because of the full magic guns and the other stuff that sure, are involved. But it could be a setting in many I'm, things, I'm just like yours. You yours. dropped the ball a little bit with the Fallout because you, you missed a wonderful mechanic that uh, Fallout's got that beats... In a lot of ways, what what me and uh, don't Justin please argue my about. point for me. Yeah, um, you're talking you're talking about a system that it'd be perfect for a classless leveling progression. Yeah, where you I did mention that. I mean, I mean, you can go twenty levels of of skill based, you know, skill based pro- yeah, skill based progression. But classless. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be classed. Yeah, that's that's. I, yeah, absolutely. It, I, it is. It is just like. The ability to be whatever you want in whatever direction. It's you a want. really big place, but unfortunately, like the games, I feel like eventually you just get sidetracked. Yeah, you'd be but like, that's, that's you, you have an end goal. You must do this thing. Oh wait, now I've got also, thirty you base it off of the story. Thirty whole desk fans. I need this aluminum, and I definitely need these tiny screws. Why is there no more ashtrays? How are you going to handle all this? Power There's nothing better this than being T-51 able to provide... This T-51B is broken. Nothing, I need more sheet metal. There's no. nothing better oh. than being able to provide a baseball Cafeteria bat to a player I'm as a saved. reward and have it be worthwhile. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna yeah. to build up this Haven colony. I'm going to make it the best Haven colony ever. Okay, I'd like to point out that in, 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 if we were doing a Your Destiny RPG... Your game is plagued with Preston Garvey. And your oh god! <laughs> and your At no game, point in your game could somebody not say every fifteen minutes, "There's another settlement that needs your help." And in your game, every time the GM wanted to give a piece of loot to the players, they would have to roll on Polish a chart where natural twenties are the punk only you, punch yeah, you in the junk. <laughs> natural twenties are the only things that would ever grant them any loot. Otherwise, it's common crap that they can't sell. Oh no! It's better common crap than desk fans and cafeteria trays. But then I they mean, get to make it, their own stuff at least, and they get to come ooh. up with custom weapons rather than I want that one thing. Well, let's roll on the chart of terror. Let's see if you get it. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Well, I. I guess you get the plate of spiders again. I want to see a critical <laughs> failure of an attempt to attack something with you, fat man. <laughs> okay, I'm, point, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna poke at Mass nope, Effect again because I'm not gonna get fe- I'm not gonna get into this crap Destiny, again. Destiny's loot system is the is the video the worst game thing ever. It is. I'll give it that. Dinner at Applebee's. You see, but the great thing about making it time. into an RPG is that you can fix that with tables and but other charts. But it's the, one of the one of the parts of Destiny that you ha- you can't intrinsically take out. And just like <laughs> yours, you don't you have a crafting system, sure, but you've got problems like Preston Garvey, you've which got problems wasn't with, in the first three fallouts. It doesn't matter. Also, it war doesn't never it, it doesn't boring. matter. War never changes. War does never change. Okay, but all warfare is based on deception. It's so warfare. 
Warfare has never changed. Mass Effect is generic sci-fi to the point where it can literally be dropped into it's anything. Not, though. And oh, come on, very bro, a little, quad. There's very little that says... You were just Especially saying... Please, oh, one minute and counting. The Vesk in Starfinder, you were basically just telling me how awesome they were when we, they're basically indistinguishable from Krogan, except for the fact that they never had the genophage. So. Also, they, the Vesk don't have shells, uh, Euclidean. Oh, well, they have sh they have scales. Go bring it. Whatever. Also, uh, Krogan, I do believe, are a more amphibian in nature. It Nobody, doesn't matter. No, the point is, no. they're yeah. a warlike reptilian vague race that is just pretty much cookie-cutter sci-fi. It, there's nothing interesting or new there. Oh, oh, tell us all about how new and dynamic post-apocalyptic... Super mutants, man. Those are awesome. Oh, Classic oh. 1950s and 60s Americana. He does exactly. actually have a lot of points. All, all the it, stuff... It taps into a yeah. whole... I'm just going to argue yours. <laughs> to to be fair, let's just establish whole... that we actually all love the IPs. Yes. Regardless Except of... Mass Effect. You loved Mass Effect. Mass Effect is a great game. I just don't think it would make a good RPG. The first one was okay. The second one was all right. The third one, and then Andromeda. All right. We're good, Matt. Oh, sorry. Right. Ding. <laughs> um, all right. So, Nicole, Cal, what do you got for me? I don't, I, this is basically a pitch. So I really didn't have any um, uh, factor. I just wanted to ask Justin what, what platform he plays Destiny on, Destiny 2 on. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's an Xbox. Oh, never mind. All right, he loses. Go ahead. We could play ah! together, though. <laughs> I do have a PlayStation 4. I am considering purchasing another copy of Destiny. 2. He's going to buy the game twice. Oh. I mean, I did that with Overwatch, so I can't talk. That's fair. I did it with Fallout 4. <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Nicole, what do we got chat-wise and other junk? So in the chat, uh, it's pretty active. A lot of people are liking this question, and they're talking about how much they really are enjoying the episode and how much they love watching the uh, digital device guys just fight it out. Uh, there hasn't really been a whole lot of, oh, I agree with so-and-so or so-and-so. It's just kind of everyone being like, this episode is super fun. Yay. Thanks, YouTube. Thank you. You like it. We are sometimes fun. Take it off now because it's, it's super hot. Um, so <laughs> Hot. Super. So we're getting to the difficult part of this is is parsing all three of these out. And uh, Destiny sounds like fun because it would be the thing I like about Destiny without the thing I don't like about Destiny. Uh, because I love the lore in the world, but I freaking hate cooperative online shooters. So I'm telling you, it's basically pre-built. You only have three classes. So what? So oh, and by the way, hunters all the way. Hunters all the way. Yeah. So, follow, furthermore, we have uh, Mass Effect, which is a, as they rightly pointed out, relatively cookie-cutter, like, it's like Tolkien with starships. Um, it, it's your, your cookie-cutter space, space setting. Um, it, you replace Reapers with Borg and replace, you know, Krogans with Klingons, and it's Star Trek. Um, and then we have Fallout, which is for lack of a better term, dime a dozen. It is a post-apocalyptic role-playing game. There were some attempts at knockdowns, uh, rolling on the table for loot versus uh, scavenging uh, cups and fans. Uh, well, both of those are, are moot points because you're doing those in either of those games. Uh, the only one that didn't have too many other really hard takedowns was Mass Effect to me. Um, because you guys attacked each other with Destiny and Fallout so much, 
that you your your strongest argument for Mass Effect was that it it's standard space. Um, so uh, Brian pulled a Justin and uh, deflected uh, fairly well. So I'm giving Brian the point. I'm voting against Fallout. But I, but, but seriously, yeah, I, I need some Mass Effect RPG. You have, um, I, you uh, have it. It's called Starfinder. A few other side notes. Um, I enjoy the Dragon Age role-playing game. It's not the best game ever, but it's okay. It's got some cool organizational control issues. Uh, Pathfinder already has romance mechanics in the Jade Regent Adventure Path. Um because that was the joke we made. It's like, oh, it's Bioware, the Pathfinder game. And there are technically two Fallout RPGs that never saw the light of day, because originally Fallout was pitched as a GURPS expansion before it ever became a video game. Um, and then sometime around the D20 modern era, some other studio publishing role-playing games under D20 attempted to do a Fallout RPG, but it, it like lost rights before it ever saw the light of day. This is true. You can find a PDF of it somewhere. Well, no, it's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, as a side note, I also uh, do uh, a lot of uh, Fallout in Unisystem. Like I, I have been building a Fallout in Unisystem type thing. So. On a side note, I, I'm just saying what I would pick. I would have picked um, Final Fantasies Nine. I'm just saying. Ew. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Just you. I think I think seven would make a better role playing game because the world has a broader variety of stuff. Six. Uh, okay. Ten. Six. Spira I, is I'm, amazing. Spira is sports and music. Magitech. Thank you very much. Spira was amazing. Magitech. And yes, oh. Magitech. Six is my favorite Final Fantasy. So. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I was just right, going off so the world. Tactics. Uh, tactics is also really good. Uh, Tactics is almost its own role-playing game. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, I honestly have lost track of the points, so I don't know who's where. So we currently have uh, Brian with two and Justin with two. So unfortunately, Mark wasn't able to score any points. So then Brian and Justin are heading to our head-to-head PvP round. For taste. I'm not going to say I'm not going to deny that I'm surprised. Wow, I can speak. Look at me speak. You're the best talker. Look at you. Did I, did I kick your cat, Joe? <laughs> what did I do? Uh, you you tried really hard, but unfortunately the other guys got luckier. That's fair. All also, right. I, as soon as you, I heard Fallout, I thought Joe was going to pick you right away. I'm, I, I wanted to, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, it, it's, it's challenging. It, it hurts to vote against Fallout. All right, so our PvP round, I'm going to have you each choose a tabletop game-making company. Pick any company that makes tabletop games of some sort. <laughs> Justin doesn't know idea what's going on. <laughs> dude, dude, just, you want me to list just off take, some? Just take Fantasy Act. Flight. Okay. Oh, Fantasy Flight. Oh, I see. Um, you know what? What? Yeah, you know that's that's actually right. Uh, uh Paizo. Okay. So we have Fantasy Flight and Paizo. And your question that you have to argue for your, your game company is, why should your game company make a Thanksgiving-themed game? How many oh. minutes are you giving them? <laughs> uh, let's give them each uh, 40 seconds at first, and then uh, like 40 seconds, then 40 seconds, and then rebuttals will be 20 seconds. 
Gotcha. 40 seconds. You gonna roll for this? Go. Okay. Yep, roll yep. off. Ten. Ten. Let's hear you go first. I feel like this is a Starfinder thing where where uh the uh it's better to roll low. Oh, Ten, tied. Tie. Throw it roll again. And Mac, don't start the timer until one oh, starts. Okay? Alright. Okay. Take so. it away there, buddy boy. Time starts one and a ten, by the way. So if you need a few seconds to think, give yourself a few seconds. Okay, so Paizo, when it comes to a Thanksgiving game, you want to get the whole family involved. And what Paizo gives you is, Paizo gives you the ability to play without already having a gigantic stack of uh, books already. They allow you to as a casual player, just go onto the SRD, and they've got the entire smorgasbord. Uh, get it? Because Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, you uh, like that? Uh, uh, um, they have a veritable cornucopia of uh, rules and options that you can play that right out of the gate, you've got the whole world right before you. All right, 40 seconds. Fantasy Flight is obviously the the prime example of of the bright company to make a Thanksgiving RPG game or game in general because they've got a fantastic miniatures line to go with their titles. They've created such wonderful grim darkness of the far future in you know all of the dark heresy, rogue trader, and other various and assorted books and and materials. They've got the Star Wars themed ship battles and and other things that are X wing. They can obviously make the turkey that the world requires in miniature form. Probably about yay high, maybe by yay high. You know, pre-painted, it'd be perfect. To, mm. to put as a centerpiece in, in the middle of your, your game as you all stare. 40 seconds. All right, 20 seconds for Brian next. Rebuttal? Okay. Yep, 20-second rebuttal. Whenever you're ready. Well, when you talk about Fantasy Flight, pre-painted models, you realize that that turkey is going to be of a pallor that is going to be absolutely tragic. And they're not even going to be able to tell the difference between the end of a drumstick and the rest of the thigh. You're you're talking about... Tom. <laughs> Justin. Okay. Uh, uh, Paizo doesn't really do much other than Pathfinder, right? Ah. <laughs> no, they do Starfinder. <laughs> they also do Starfinder. Uh, that's me throwing it away, folks. All I got is the giant what could have been the, the Katherky or maybe the Turduck what the heck. Tom. All right, so um, I, I don't feel as though I need a lot of assistance on this one. Hey. Uh, I was sold with one line, and it's Piazzo really only does Pathfinder and maybe Starfinder. Because at least Fantasy Flight does something. So Justin wins. All right. Thank you. Well fought. Well fought, sir. Thank you. So that is. That is. I will. A cornucopia of failure. I just want to say. By your clever word usage, though. This is the first time that we had three fighters all in the same room, and no one actually attacked each other during the grudge. So that was pretty cool to see. Oh, it'll happen. <laughs> I mean, we generally swing at each other. Hey, hey, mics. That's right. Um, <laughs> hurt each other all you want. Don't hurt the mics. 
That's what a throat <laughs> chop's for. You go underneath the mic. You'll hit his beard. It's a beard chop. That beard is made of steel. It will cause sparks to fly out and light those mics aflame. That is true. <laughs> it's not worth the risk. So, um, gentlemen, since uh, you guys are our contestants, why don't you let us know where we can find you at and what you have going on in the works. <laughs> oh, so many places. A cornucopia of places. Um, a smorgasbord of places. Yes, indeed. Why did uh, you start listing some of those places? Well, uh, lucky for you, we have shtick for this. Um, <laughs> Uh, for those of you who are unaware of who we are, uh, we are the Digital and Dice. Uh, you can find us many places. First of all, you can find us at our uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash digitaldicepodcast. I'm not going through the whole shtick. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Obviously, you can find us on YouTube. Tumblr, yeah. If you Google search Digital and Dice, you will find us in one of our ways, digitalanddice.com. Uh, YouTube slash Digital and Dice. You can also find us on a, a Patreon. That's Patreon. 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 So if you like what we did here, if you like the kind of conversations you just heard, we kind of tone it down a little bit, and that's what our podcast covers. We, we swear do. a lot more. We, we swear a lot. We do. Oh, we do. Um, we have a wonderful series that I would not recommend to anyone under the age of 18-ish, maybe 16, if you're really going to push it. Uh, and that would be Literal Torture, where yes. we read horrible fan fiction, or I do add Brian and or Mark, mainly Mark. Yeah, we play video games while reading fanfic. That's Bad kind of one of our, it's one of our big shtick. The and, worst uh, fanfic. It's the worst. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we have special guests. So, uh, you know, come on, you know, a lot of people coming on and having fun. You can find me individually at jthuluphoto on Twitter, and I appear on some other odd-shaped programs. Yeah. Uh, you are uh, at voiceoverb yep. on Twitter, and I am at Digital and Dice on Twitter. So uh, reach out, poke us, say what's up. I'm just going to talk. I got on, uh, oh, what is it, Discord for these guys. So, Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. have a Discord to channel. Perform on social media for these guys. Woo! Um... And uh, next we have Nicole. Where can we find you and the things that you do? So the internet knows me as at Rhapsody0607. You can find me there on Twitch, on Twitter, on uh, whatever other social medias there are. Xbox, uh, that's my gamer tag. And uh, you can find me on YouTube at Rhapsody's Vlog, where I talk about real life things and uh, figure out some problems. Excellent. Oh, and I'm here, obviously. <laughs> right. You're here right now. I'm here right now. I co-host this, and then I also do uh, top five on Gamer Grudge, or on Game Fixers. That's the unless, channel name. Unless this is an incredibly high-level illusion spell, and you're not actually here. You're just pulling Ooh. a Loki on us. How did so, you know? Anyway. Uh, detect magic. magic of the internet. The magic of the internet. Uh, mage sight goggles. To quote Shadowrun. Um, so, uh, Mac, you're next up. Where can we find you when you're not on vacation? Or napping, apparently. Oh, God. Oh. oh. Were you reading Grand Theft Auto? Did you oh, fall asleep? I, yeah, yeah, sorry, you, sorry. Were um, you? <laughs> sorry. I thought you were going to Cal next. <laughs> I'm going across my board here. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, um... I, guys, I wasn't sleeping. I was um, doing doing this thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I'm Apple, um, the owner and founder of the Game Fixers. Also, the owner and founder, well, co-owner and founder of this show, but co-creator of this show. I give half of that to Cal um, and the rest of the crew. Um, yeah, I'm I'm here. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be doing my um, review on 
um, Wampum, which is a great game. We're going to review that. Um, and um, next Monday, um, next Monday, um, we're going to. I will be back in the judging chair. I know some of you are like, oh, okay, I get rid of Joe for a minute. I know y'all love Joe, but I'll be back. Um, and I'm, we're gonna we're gonna judge or we're gonna do our we're gonna do our fight. That will be Corey versus TJ versus Lurchrist Lurchrist Lurchrist. Lutri- 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 right? No, it's not Cordextrio. Oh, Lutri- yeah, yeah, Ludacris. <laughs> yeah, Lutri- I wish it was Ludacris. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be awesome too. But we love the guys. Guy. Bread is Law and Order SVU. Yeah, but we'll have them fighting um, for something, and then. The Saturday, that, that nope, don't forget. Also, the Saturday, next Saturday, we will have Charlie Felton on the show, and she will be fighting Kim Hanley, and us uh, and somebody new and Nicole, not Nicole, uh, Megan. She'll be in the ring. We're gonna have her on. We're gonna have we're gonna have a blast next week. So, um, come back next week for Gamer Grudge. We love to have you. Also. Go subscribe to iShape Panel. We love them. Thank you for coming in, Kimber. Tom, thank you for coming in. Also, go subscribe to Joe Date. Joe, um, go subscribe to um, Joe and Nash's channel. Yeah, but, yeah, subscribe to their channel. I always want to recognize them. But, yeah, I'm here. All right. Cal, you're next on my little board of characters. All right. First of all, I want to thank uh, the gentleman, I use the term loosely, of Digital and Dice for joining us, taking time out of their busy schedule and joining us. They put out some really great content, so please go check that out on YouTube. You can always catch me in the chats on their shows as well, so please check that out. Um, also, I want to thank Joe uh, for stepping in and uh, guest hosting today because, you know, I don't know a lick about uh, tabletops and anything like that, and neither does, I guess, uh, Mac. So it was no. really nice <laughs> for us, Joe, and you did a great job today. And you got into character and everything, so thank you for that. Um, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Vu underneath here. Um, you can also find me on Wednesdays on the Oddshape channel doing the show Encrypted with um, Tom, my co-host. Uh, and you can probably see Justin calling in because Justin is our beat reporter on the show. So he calls in and gives us some information. He told a great ghost story last week on the Encrypted Encounters, so please check that out uh, on the backlog episodes. Um, but this week we're going to be talking about the white lady ghost, so we're keeping the, the ghost thing going this week. Uh, so please come oh. check us out on Wednesday night, Encrypted, 8 p.m. on the Odd Shape channel. Um, and then, you know, next week, Monday, we have the Gamer Grudge, another Gamer Grudge. And the week after that, we have Aftermath, where it's the I wrestling recap show. We'll be talking about Survivor Series with Delisha and uh, the other Joe. Uh, and uh, probably Tom Zambino as well, so please check us out for that. Also known as the elusive basic bitch. Oh, you had to <laughs> do it. I told you not to. <laughs> With so much of the UGG boots and the pumpkin spice, the puffy jackets. I, uh, I don't. I don't. Just, just, just because it's just stop. Your Kara. Just Also, um, also, I just want to say, um, we have announced. I'm already going to announce it. Um, we will have Gamer Grudge Tabletop Fights, um, Part Two. It will happen next season. It's coming back. So yay! It's coming back. Yes. Hopefully, we'll have one of you back. Um, but we're going. It's coming back. Round two is coming. So. Several of us will be dead by then. <laughs> Hopefully, we won't. Some be. of us will be back. <laughs> uh, so uh, I am your your gracious and benevolent and loving GM that always fills your your loot bags with treasure, um, randomly generated or otherwise. 
Uh, my name is Joe Davis. Uh, I am at Drake Masters on Twitter. You can also find me at, at Geek to My Nerd with underscores between each word. Um, and I'll post that somewhere that people can find it. Uh, my wife and I do lots of Let's Plays and other stuff. We work on the Tough channel with uh, Fan Friction. You can find her at that underscore Mrs. Davis. Um, our YouTube channel is Geek to My Nerd. Um, we just finished our ROM 2064 playthrough. And uh, yeah, she's in the chat. She can you you can find her that way. Um, but uh, you, we just finished our ROM twenty sixty four playthrough, where the developers of the game dropped in and chatted with us for a while while we were playing. So that was really cool. Nice. Uh, incredibly scary and intense last chapter of it. Um, I am on Twitter, like I said, at Drake Masters. You can find me on Discord at I believe it's Joe Dash Tato. Um, uh, you can find me on their Discord channels. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm where you can you can find me anywhere, and I'll chat about role playing games and and all sorts of stuff and theory behind the superiority of class or classless based systems and why Anima is better because it's the best of both worlds, um, and all that jazz. And there's so many thumbs up coming from the digital dice guys. Like there, oh my God, there's a seventh thumb. Oh right, yes. Yeah. So, sound yes. guy Steven showed up. Uh, oh, in, welcome back. In the background. Okay. So he's always, he's always off camera on the show, but he's great. You're the sound guy, not the herd guy. He's eating tacos. Uh, hopefully we can we can get y'all on a video game version of Game Bridge because I know y'all know some video games. So yeah, you know, a little bit here and there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll have, we'll get you on there. We'll probably get you for championship. This, is, this has been our very special tabletop episode of Gamer Grudge, the Core Rulebook Edition. Come back for the Expanded Players Guide Edition in the in the far future. Mm. Uh, we'll chat with you then. Thank you. Yeah. And good evening. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Until next time, game on. Game on! Hello, people. This is Matt Poole, a.k.a. Tampa Bay Buff Fan. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the show, please um, please like, subscribe, the podcast on um, iTunes. If we're on iTunes, Robert, we're going to be on iTunes and SoundCloud. So please subscribe to this. Also, if it's not a bother, also go subscribe to the um, Game Fixers channel. That's Game Fixers channel on YouTube. We do this show live. So this is actually the um, pre-recorded show that we already do live. So if you want to watch the show live, come join us. We would love to have you there. Also, if you would like to be on the show, go to GG Game Fixers. Talk, um, say, I would like to be on the show. And we'll get you on the show. We love to have anybody. This is a show for anybody and anybody, anybody, anywhere that wants to be on the show. We'll make a way to get you on the show. This is a show for the public. You, the people, not stars. You, the people, are the people that help create Grand Grudge. And we want you to be the public. So, come on. And, well, is there anything else? Yeah, um, go subscribe to the other people that helped make the game fixes. That's Cal, Nicole, Joe Davis. Um, and, um, go subscribe to their channels. We love help. They help us. We're going to, they help me. So we're going to help them. Subscribe to their channels. It's going to be in the description below. Like I said, if you go find the game fixes, you're going to find them. So subscribe to their channels too. We want to help others. And like I said, don't forget, as I forget, go subscribe to the iShape panel. They also help us a lot. So subscribe to them and go watch them. They're pretty cool. But, hmm, am I forgetting anything? Uh, no, I don't think. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, duh. Um, as I say every show, um, be, I ask you to be yourself. Keep playing video games. You know, be yourself. I said that twice. Crap. Oh, well. Anyway.
Well, I'm just going to say it. Rudge on, people. Keep playing games. See ya.